Welcome to Devils Talking Padres. Dominic Stern and Bobby Murphy here to break down the latest series in Padres baseball and also take a look ahead to what's coming up. The Padres just dropped two out of three to the San Francisco Giants in Oracle Park. It was a chilly series, to say the least. A lot of batters looked pretty uncomfortable. Pitchers also looked uncomfortable. Guys were definitely dressed warm throughout the week. And, you know, it's not the style of baseball the Padres are used to playing in. And it certainly didn't look good. I mean, Bob, what were your just quick overall thoughts before we dive a little deeper on this three-game set in San Francisco? I mean, the main thing was really just the lineup. The lineup did look really weak. And we knew coming into the season it would be uh, one of the weak links on this team, of course, for the first few seasons without Fernando Tatis Jr. But scoring two runs, two runs, and then – sorry, four runs two runs and one run in these three games respectively. That's just not good enough. I know four runs is is solid, but seven runs in a three game series is not what we were expecting. I know going against Logan Webb and just some of some of the other guys, the giants put out there, all solid pitchers, especially Logan Webb, as we talked a lot about in this last, in the last episode, but the lineup did not look good whatsoever. And then Tuesday in game two, the, it was just awful for the pitching staff, but the lineup was really the biggest concern of the series. I mean, the Potters offense never really looked comfortable in any of the three games. And it's, you know, to a certain extent, the Giants pitching staff deserves credit, but to go four runs in game one, just two runs in the second game, and then one run, the third one, uh, it was just, it was disappointing to say the least, but we kind of knew that coming in to the season that the Potters offense was going to, I don't want to say hold this team back, but if they were going to reach their potential, the offense definitely needed to step it up. And that's just not what happened at Oracle park this series. And, you know, things started off well, got that four, two tight victory uh, in game one, especially when Nick Martinez is making his, I don't want to say his major league debut, but I mean, it practically was because he's a totally reformed pitcher. I mean, Bob, what were your thoughts on Nick Martinez in game one? Yeah, Nick Martinez looked great. Five innings, five hits, one walk, one run in six Ks. He was he had a lot of guys on base, uh, more than I was really hoping for. But the entire game, just not just Martinez, but the entire Padres pitching staff held the Giants to 0 for 11 with runners in scoring position. And a lot of that was Nick Martinez. He threw 83 pitches through five innings, and his stuff looked great. He was getting strikeouts, and it, it, even when he was getting, even when he was getting guys on base, he was getting out of the jam. So he looked really good and. With Paddock gone, I feel really comfortable with Nick Martinez, even after one start, um, with him as our number five pitcher. Maybe number four with Blake Snell out. And he he put that pitch arsenal on display. I mean, the fastball at 93-94 was nothing that kind of blew you away, especially considering that's what the giant hitters were jumping on. But then he adjusted mid-game after the Giants were really starting to you know get a feel for him in those first three innings. And he really settled in for him to go five innings and hold a very good Giants lineup to just one earned run was super impressive. Fastball, cutter, changeup, curveball. It all looked really good. And I think that AJ Preller betting on a guy that he scouted brought into the Rangers organization. I mean, we've talked about this as a lot of those guys. This one certainly looks like a promising addition and betting on what Preller had seen as his previous upside and what he did in Japan this past year is certainly going to be a very valuable addition for the San Diego Padres. And I mean, going on the road in the cold 
five innings, just one earned, like we mentioned. That's fantastic stuff. As for the lineup, I mean, they only went one for 10 with runners in scoring position. Sorry, two for 12, uh, but able to punt across just four runs. And you know what? If the Padres score four runs, I think they're going to be able to win a decent amount of ball games. Yeah, and with this team, the, the pitching rotation has looked amazing. The bullpen has looked okay. One guy I like in the bullpen a lot has been Stephen Wells. And in this last game against the Giants on Wednesday, two innings, 26 pitches, struck out five straight batters. And in the first game against the Giants, he ended up getting the win after allowing still two hits and a run. But he looked amazing in in that game on Wednesday, uh, just blown by the Giants batters. Stuff was looking amazing. And he's one guy in this bullpen who early in the season I, I really liked a lot. Right. And for those guys to come in and look impressive, especially behind the strong starters, I think that's a real positive sign because there were some question marks, obviously. Uh, losing the closer in Mark Melanson, Emilio Pagan leaves. Denelson Lamette's going to kind of be in and out there. There are some question marks. And so far, they've really stood up to the test. Suarez, of course, has looked kind of shaky. Had a scoreless inning here in this game on uh, game two, which of course we'll talk about in a little bit. That was a rather ugly one for the Padres, but I mean, all signs are pointing towards positive as of late. There is one thing is that Austin Adams left the game with forearm tightness. And I mean, if you watched it, it was ugly. He was trying not to cry. He was swearing all out there because it hurt so much. And forearm tightness typically means that your UCL just burst and, you know, your uh your bicep is no longer connected to your forearm. So uh, you know, normally spells Tommy John surgery, but Bob Melvin did say uh it's mild. You know, you gotta take it with a grain of salt when you're dealing with Padre's medical staff. But if he's out, I mean that adds a very valuable right-handed pitching arm, especially against right-handed batters, because that slider is wicked. And he started to look really good in this game. And with Austin Adams, obviously last year, we, we know how disgusting his slider is and how frustrating it was to watch him pitch. But I think I forgot if it was or if it was close to you, but I think it, he did set the record for uh, hit by pitches uh, by a pitcher in a season. And a couple. The, sorry. By a couple. By a couple. Yes. Thank you. Uh, and just in the, the amount of innings, too, by which he broke the others was just insane. But he's a guy who. If when he has that under command, he, he is a one of the best sliders in the league. And it's just absolutely disgusting. And and I'm just really hoping that he is healthy because that stuff in, in our that stuff in the bullpen is just disgusting to have and it's so hard to hit when he has it on point. But with Steven Wilson, that's just a, another right-handed arm that that's just great in this bullpen. And he looked really good in that game on Wednesday and started the season two and And if he had won today, if the Padres had won today, he would have been three, he would have gotten the win and he would have been three and zero in his first three appearances. Wilson's looked phenomenal. And I had our editor at East Village times, James Clark tweeted out that I don't think he's going to be driving Ubers around uh, that much more. And I think he's absolutely correct. Wilson looked incredible. And, Looking forward to watching what he continues to do for the Potters out of the bullpen. Once again, another one of those question marks entering the season. He's really stood out, obviously, just through a week, but another positive sign for the San Diego Padres. But, I mean, this, this game, too, was really highlighted by you, Darvish, just 
really struggling. Didn't even get out of the second inning, allowed nine earned runs. I mean, what were your thoughts on that performance? Because it was, there's no other way to chalk it up other than ugly. Yeah, well, after his first performance where he went six no hit against the D backs, I was like, oh, here's our ace. He's looking great. And then when he did this against the Giants, which is obviously a much better lineup, the first thing I thought of was last time a Padres starter did this, it was, or at least pretty sure it was like eight or nine runs, less than two innings. It was James Shields. And then we went out and traded him for a, some guy at the point named Fernando Tatis Jr. Uh, so unless if we're trading Darvish for a future MVP, I mean, that's, that's the first thing that came to my mind. Obviously, he's not going anywhere, <laughs> but that was that was literally James Shields-esque of a performance, and it was just awful. And I just hope that our ace, our opening day starter, will not be this inconsistent throughout the entire season against a lineup that is much better than the D-backs. And I just hope in his next appearance that he just – can be consistent. I don't want to see our ace allow zero runs and then nine runs or not even nine runs, just close to four or five runs a start. I just want to see some consistency from you, Darvish, because that was very worrying. Well, and I tweeted this out uh, once his outing ended last night. Uh, in you, Darvish's career's career, he's only made four starts in San Francisco and, of course, Oracle Park right on the water. Wind's blowing, very cold city, one of the coldest atmospheres. In all baseball. Then those four starts, he's only pitched 18 and two-thirds innings. He's allowed 23 hits, six walks. He's allowed 21 earned runs, and it's just 16 strikeouts. And you, Darvish, I'm not sure if you or any of our listeners are aware, but you, Darvish, leads baseball history in strikeouts per nine innings with like over a thousand innings. So he's a prolific strikeout pitcher, and he doesn't walk a ton of guys. That's why he's been so good throughout his career. So to see those numbers, I mean, that's alarming. And when you think of how Darvish pitches as a pitcher, he likes to pitch with feel. Heavy slider, cutter, sinker, splitter. And when your hands are cold because you're pitching in the cold, it certainly doesn't bode well for him. Now, I don't know why he wasn't pitching without sleeves on. I mean, that should have been something that was brought up maybe post-game. But Darvish really struggled. And there's no other way around it other than the fact that I think he really struggles in the cold. Now, Darvish also spent some time in Chicago. And of course, that's pretty close to the water. And Lake Michigan, it's a very cold atmosphere to pitch in. He has a career 4.1 ERA there, which is obviously higher than his career average. But I mean, this 18 and two-thirds innings, 21 earned runs, that's an ERA north of nine, if not 10. I don't feel like doing the math, but it's not good. And, you know, you can take two looks at this. Well, he doesn't make every start. Um, at Oracle Park. In fact, most of his starts are not at Oracle Park. So that's at least a good sign. And when you look at his, people have been posting his stats as of late and they're obviously really bad, but I mean, they're heavily inflated because of these last two starts at Oracle Park. But at the same time, the Giants are a division rival and Darvish is going to have to pitch there probably four or five more times before his contract is up with the San Diego Padres. He's got to find a way to pitch better at this stadium. I don't know what he needs to do, but he's been pitching the fastball a little bit more this year. He's got to get better command of that fastball because it's a devastating fastball when it's on, and it really sets up his off-speed pitches, which is something that Nola really pointed out after his last start. He's got to be better at Oracle. There's no other way around it. Fortunately, in all likelihood, playoff games won't be at Oracle Park for him. But, I mean, if the Potters are four and five seeds, or if the Potters and Giants are four and five seeds and the Potters end up in that five seed, 
it, it's going to be hard because the Potters are all of a sudden going to have to go to Oracle Park. And you, you'd have to imagine you Darvish is going to pitch one of those games. And that just doesn't bode well for him and for the San Diego Padres. And that, that, that should be something. And I remember last year, pretty much as the months were going, uh, at least in the first half of the season, uh, before the Padres absolutely fell off, uh, it seemed like very often for, for us and for a lot of Padres fans, uh, just kept switching off on who could pitch a possible wild card or wild card or series for the Padres for a winner go home game. It went from Darvish to Snell to Musgrove. And I just wanted to stay consistent. I just want this team to have a bona fide ace that does not fall off the second half of the season. And that's just how it was last year. It just kept switching off. It ended up being Musgrove as the most consistent starter. But I just want to see some, some consistency from Darvish, of course. And like you said, with the cold weather and pitching at Oracle, he's going to have to pitch there a few more times this season. And I just want to see just see him do better against against a lineup that's not subpar and against a playoff team lineup. Yeah, I'm going to look at the Senegal Padres schedule. I mean, his next start is going to line up at home. I just, I mean, it's going to be against the Reds. Er, no, I mean, it should be on Sunday against Braves. On, Braves on Sunday. Yeah, Braves like. on Sunday. Sunday night baseball. And then after that, he's going to line up against the Dodgers. But then the next one's probably going to be against Pittsburgh. So you know, you don't want to be a guy that struggles to pitch on the road in certain ballparks. You mentioned it. The word consistency. Darvish is still adapting his way after. Let's face it, the sticky stuff ban. I still think Darvish is going to be a good pitcher for the San Diego Padres. I, I think that he's still adjusting a little bit. I mean, we saw it. You don't just go six innings, no hits, albeit against the Diamondbacks, against professional major leaguers by nothing. So I think he'll be a little bit better. And I think the Padres and Padre fans just need to be a little bit more patient with you, Darvish. I mean, other than that, the second game is pretty unnotable. Will Myers got to pitch. I mean, that was pretty cool. Uh, he's now played seven different positions for the San Diego Padres, just missing out on short and catcher. And Will Myers was actually drafted as a catcher, so he can definitely play that position, but I'd imagine he doesn't get in there. Uh, yeah, I mean, I really don't have anything else to touch on with game number two. Game number three. at all for game two? Eh, I mean, Lamette came in and he needed to get two outs in that. The inning that he came in for Adams, I, I don't have it off the top of my head. And in my opinion, that's not a spot where I'd want to bring in Denel Slamet because he too has an elbow problem. I mean, I think he's pitching partially on a torn UCL. Speculation, but I mean, he did practically, he didn't have a minor tear in his UCL at the end of the 2020 season. And when you look at it, that's not a guy I want coming in where he's been sitting down and then someone gets injured and you say, all right, Lament, go run out there. And then he gets his warm-up pitches, but he doesn't get his full warm-up routine to how he'd like to do it. That's not the guy I want pitching in that situation simply because of his injury history. And he looked bad in that first part of the inning, and he looked a little bit better. He recorded five outs, four via the strikeout. I mean, that's, I think, what we're going to see from Lament. Just going to strike guys out. He's got that really wipe-out slider, a fastball that could be 96 to 99, possibly even 100 miles an hour. He's going to be a good reliever. I truly believe that. It's going to take some time. Yeah, and with Lamette, I mean, 
if he if he had stayed healthy these this, these past two years, he would have been. I mean, I really thought he would have been the number one ace on this team. And then the injuries came, and now he's just gonna be a bullpen type of guy because he's not gonna go out there and throw him what 40, 50 pitches in a game. Even even even. I mean, he threw thirty four in that in that game too. But he was allowing hits, like you said, he didn't have his full warm up routine. And I liked what you went into right there, just putting him out there, not his not his full routine, but. His stuff's going to be there, of course. I just hope that he can stay healthy because with his stuff in our in the bullpen, that could be absolutely disgusting for opposing lineups. Yeah, I I went into that 2021 season saying he is the best pitcher on the Padres. I don't think he's going to have the best season just because of his injury. And, I mean, to start the year, it certainly looked like that than he had his injury. It sucks. I mean, it's really frustrating, not just as a Padres fan, but also for the person and the player, Jenelson Lament. He's such a talented pitcher. It's tough to watch him have such injury struggles. Moving into the third game, Shaman Isle was phenomenal once again. Six innings, two earned. It was just on that one inning where it walked a guy, then a single, and then a two-out double down the line. It's tough, but six innings, four hits, two walks, six strikeouts. Take that any day of the week. The Padres starting pitcher gives you that. I'd assume they're going to win, but... Logan Webb is a really special pitcher. We talked about it on our last podcast. Got a good sinker, also four-seamer to go along with it. Devastating slider and changeup. He's really good. And the Potters still had a chance to win this game. They also hit the ball pretty hard. Uh, Their expected batting average was almost a half percent higher, or sorry, like 5% higher than the Giants. That's just not the way this game ended up being. They hit a couple of hard outs. It's baseball. And the Padres won a game the opposite way on Monday night. So you you got to take those and say, oh, well, loaded the bases in the ninth and Matt Beatty struck out. He almost kept the ball fair. If that ball stays fair down the line, the Padres are at least up 3-2, if not 4-2. So, you know, it's a it's a hang with them game going up against their ace. One of your best pitchers outside of good outing. Coin flip game. You're going to win some of those. You're also going to lose some of them. That's my takeaway. And we said coming into the series that, I mean, except for that Wednesday game, really, <laughs> of course, with the blowout, uh, we did not expect that from you, Darvish, though. Uh, we expected a low scoring series uh, coming down to a rubber matchup Wednesday afternoon game with Manaya and, and Webb on the mound. And Logan Webb was absolutely insane when eight innings, one run. And the Padres just never had chances. They out hit the Giants five to four. Uh, but in the first two games, they had, they had 12 chances in each uh, with with runners in scoring position. They went combined, I think, four or three for 24. This game, one for four with runners in scoring position. For the series total, if my numbers are correct, four for 28 with runners in scoring position. That's just awful. Padres just never had a chance in this game. I mean, and I don't say never had a chance. The lineup ne- never, ooh, excuse me. In this game, the Padres just never gave the, the pitchers a chance to really get the win. I mean, five hits, Padres only drew one walk, and the, the bats were just cold. After that first, sorry, after that first run in the first inning, Padres didn't score for the rest of the game, and it was just a tough one. Yeah, hang with them. The Padres are going to lose games like this every single year. It happens to every baseball team, and. 
you just kind of say, all right, you know, trust, trust that this team is going to win some of those games like that as well. It's happened. That's the way the Padres are built and they couldn't scrape across enough. And they're also without Fernando Tatis Jr. I mean, I think that's important for people to realize CJ Abrams has been bad at the plate. Just going to say it. He's been bad and he's not probably, unless he figures it out, he's not going to be the everyday starting shortstop. And it's been tough to watch him at the plate because he looks a little outmatched. And we talked about it. He only played about 40 or 50 games at the double A level last year before getting hurt. Before that, hadn't played above A ball. He's a very talented player. We're not saying that he's not going to be, but it just doesn't look like he's been ready at the plate to face major league pitching. And I mean, if I were to guess, he'd probably he'll probably finish the month on the major league roster, but then after that, he probably gets sent down. And Hassan Kim has been pretty good to start, and I think that's what we're going to lead into. Uh, we're going to bring back our Devil and Wildcats of the week. So, Devil's talking Padres. Uh, you know, Pod, Bobby and I are both Padres fans. We're also sports journalism students at Arizona State. This is our Arizona State tie into the podcast. Uh, of course, Arizona State is the Sun Devils, so. Our, our player we want to highlight for good reasons is going to be our devil of the week. And uh, Arizona State's rival is the Arizona Wildcats. So the Wildcat of the week is a player who we want to highlight as someone who, who struggled this week and what they could possibly do to, uh, to improve. So, Bob, I'm actually going to start with you under Wildcat of the week. There's multiple candidates for this. Uh, explain which player you choose, why you chose them, and what do you think they could do to possibly be the devil of the week in the, late, in the upcoming weeks? So for mine, uh, it was really between uh, mostly Trent Grisham and Will Myers. Uh, I ended up giving it to Will Myers because he is a guy who's, of course, been here for a while. He's in the middle of this Padres order, and he just really just keeps regressing every single year. He went 5 for 27 uh, in these two series with 11 strikeouts, and that's the main reason why I picked him over Grisham, uh, who still had nine strikeouts. But Will Myers, seven total bases, one RBI, uh, and the 11 strikeouts, he did end the series uh, on a two-game hitting streak. He did have he did go two for four in that Giants series. In, in sorry, in the sec- second game against the Giants, which is why I probably should have picked Trent Grisham. But watching Will Myers at the play, watching him strike out, just blindly swinging on an 0-2 count, on a 1-2 count, on some breaking ball. That when he see when he gets a breaking ball, I just lose all confidence. Uh, he just looks lost at the plate and he seems to sit back and wait for the breaking ball. And he just really sits, sits there blindly swinging, swinging up balls in the dirt, swinging up balls outside. And he just doesn't really have any discipline at the plate. He only drew one walk in these seven games and he's just out there swinging. Can't hit a breaking ball. And if he wants to stay on this Padres team, I know no one will want that contract. I know no one will really want him right now, but I've been saying for years that when this team does and hopefully soon will win something. I want Will Myers to be on this team when he wins it. Uh, but every single year, he just keeps getting worse at the plate and he's just out there looking like he does not care, which I know, I know he does. I know he wants to be good. I know he wants to win, but he's just not looking great out there at the plate whatsoever. Yeah, he's, he's chill, Will. And that's kind of the persona that he plays with. And he'll settle in. I mean, we're a week into the season. I'm not too concerned about either of those two guys, but those are definitely the two easy choices to make. 
Uh, Grisham really got into a ball in this third and final game. Caught right at the warning track in center field at Oracle. It happens. And Myers, like you mentioned, got a hit in his last two games. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if when these two guys come home, that they really turn it around. Uh, my devil of the week, it was a fairly easy choice for me. I'm going to go with Sean Manaya. I mean, two starts and he was fantastic. Uh, seven, no hit in the first one and six innings, two earned. That's 13 innings, two earned in his first two starts on a Padres uniform. That is nasty. That high fastball that comes out of a, a weird arm slot and it's got some run to it was really getting, really giving Diamondback and giant hitters a fit. And let me tell you, those guys, they, they can't be too happy Shamanias in the division. They're going to have to face him four or five or even six times this season because he looks really good. You can see why he was one of the favorites in the AL Cy Young Award race. But uh, Shamanaya, I mean, credit to him. He was fantastic and unfortunately got the loss in, uh, in game number three of the series. He certainly did not deserve it. Quality start, though, that, that's what really matters. I think that's a great choice. Um, as a hitter, it would have been pro far, uh, but yeah, has yeah, of course. But Shaman I has looked great for the Padres, and so far, this far in the season, is the Padres' ace, no doubt, um, through two starts. But he's looked amazing. His stuff looks great. His command, his command has looked really good, and great, great move by AJ Preller, pretty much at the buzzer to get him, but. I'm excited for his next start. I think his next start will be against will it be against the Braves? Reds on Monday. Oh yeah, well, that would have been very fun to see him against the Braves, but Braves are coming coming to Petco Park soon. Uh no, sorry, soon. The Braves are coming to Petco Park uh, from Thursday to Sunday as the Padres sh- start their uh their 10 game homestand. First games at home for the Padres. Uh one game on ESPN, one game on Fox Sports 1, and one on ESPN+, Plus, uh, but should be a good series. Yeah, Padres getting national TV time. It's, of course, warranted with this talented team also facing off against the World Series champs this week. Opening day Thursday, first pitch at 510. I mean, obviously, if you're a Padre fan, you're going to want to get in your seats at around 430. Obviously, super awesome to see the Padres run out. I mean, we were there when they did that against Arizona at their opening day. Certainly fun. Joe Musgrove going to be taking the mound in that one. Of course, San Diego native, grew up a Padre fan. He started uh, the reopening day against the Cincinnati Reds last season and was absolutely electric, went seven scoreless. I, I hope that he can have a similar outing. And you know what? I, I think that would be super sick. Uh, let's talk about the other two guys who are scheduled, and we'll talk about the, uh, the mysterious Friday starter, uh, Martinez. Uh, Nick Martinez, that is, is going to be starting on Saturday. That is, of course, a 105 first pitch on Fox Sports 1. Uh, we love uh, baseball. Uh, oh, man. Uh, it's baseball night uh, in America's finest city. Is uh, not baseball night, unfortunately. That will have to wait until the following Saturday against uh, Los Doyers and the Los Angeles Dodgers. Then Sunday, Sunday night baseball. You Darvish will be taking the bump and... National viewers are going to have to sit through the uh, human rain delay. That is human, Hugh Darvish. Uh, so hopefully we can see a little bit of a bounce back start from him. What do you make of those three guys going at home in the series opener? Yeah, this will be a big start for all these guys. Huge, of course, for Darvish to try to bounce back against a lineup like this with obviously without Acuna, but this will be a 
very tough lineup to go against. Nick Martinez, I'm very excited to see him, see what he can do on in his second start of, his, of the season uh, against a very tough lineup. And then Musgrove, would just love to see some consistency, some continued consistency from him as he did all of last season. But three guys, those are three guys out there. Of course, we won't have Manaya, but I'm comfortable with the three guys we're throwing out there. And then the mystery guy on Friday, uh, that'll be a very interesting one. Yeah, let's talk about that. So Blake Snell, probably going to the injured list. And Mackenzie Gore was in the Potters Clubhouse in San Francisco this week. Seems like the former top pitching prospect and former top Potters prospect is going to be making his debut Friday night at Petco Park in the second home game of the season. I mean, I think that has the potential to just be absolutely electric. Yeah, well, it'll probably be a sellout first Friday night game, of course, against the reigning World Series champs. But I don't want to say I'm scared, but I just want to see some, I just want to see him look solid. I want to see some command. I want to see, I mean, I would not be mad with five innings, three runs. Uh, that's a quality, I believe that's a quality start. But I just want to see, see his command look good. I don't want to see many walks. And going against a tough lineup like this, that's that's a tough tough spot to make an, your MLB debut in. But I, I'm super excited for him. I want to see how he does, but it should be. I know he'll have the jitters against a team like this in his first start at home. But in sorry, his first start in general, and it will be at home. But it'll it'll be fun. I I know Padres fans have been waiting for years for this, and it's finally gonna happen. Right, and I'm certainly happy that his first two starts. It seems obviously this isn't confirmed yet. We'll be at home. Uh, Blake Snell's injury doesn't seem too serious by what he said. The fact that he's been throwing on the field is, of course, according to Kevin Acey. So Blake Snell might only miss those two starts if he gets put on that 10-day injured list. And then Mackenzie Gore can go back down to the minor leagues and continue to get more work in. And, you know, I don't want to say that's ideal, but, I mean, for him to come up, make two starts at home, work with the Padres pitching staff for a little bit, take those adjustments and go back down and work on them potentially, I mean, I think that's, Absolutely fantastic. And even if he does end up going on the road, he'll be starting against at either Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, or Cleveland, who are expected to have the three worst home attendances in baseball. Maybe Miami and Tampa Bay are thrown in that mix before the Padres then come back home again and then wouldn't be on the road for another month. So if Mackenzie Gore does make any road starts while Blake Snell is on the injured list, seeming that it doesn't seem too serious, it's going to be in not hostile situations. I think that's perfect. As for the Braves, the pitching staff, they're going to be throwing out Charlie Morton on Thursday. He, of course, pitched uh, in a couple of World Series, uh, 2017, 2020, and then 2021 last year. was a workhorse for the Braves. I think that's going to be a ton of fun. Kyle Wright going on Friday, Ian Anderson on Saturday, and then Huascar Yanoa on Sunday. What is the... Similarity between all four of those pitchers, Bobby. It's very they're simple. All, they're all right-handed pitchers. Correct. So I, what, what does that make for this Potters lineup? Because so far we have seen a perfect platoon. And I mean, it hasn't been perfect, but it's been a platoon every single game. CJ Abrams has started at shortstop against the right-handed pitchers. Ha Sung Kim has started at shortstop against the left-handed pitchers. There's obviously only right-handed pitchers here. I don't think that's going to hold up at some point this series. And I'd really like to see Ha Sung Kim 
hit against some of these righties. I mean, what do you say? Yeah, I would be I'd be pretty mad if I see saw CJ Abrams out there for all four games. I want to I know all Padres fans have been saying we've been saying that I want Kim to get consistent at bats, and it's not going to happen when CJ Abrams is out there hitting one for nine every series. Uh, but I mean, I want to see Kim start at least two of these games, hopefully three. I know it's they're all right-handed pitchers, but Kim's going to have to be out there at some point. Uh, and I hope he's out there for two or three games. But we're going to see a lot. I think we're going to see some Matt Beattie. Um, I mean, either coming off the bench or starting in left. I know Profar has been playing well, but we're going to see some Matt Beattie with his left-handed bat. We, I know Profar is a switch hitter, of course, but, but we're going to see Hosmer out there, of course, against, against all righties. I want to see a big series from Hosmer. I know he starts off the year well. He did. Th- he has been this year. He has been last year. But I would love to see a big series from Hosmer right now coming against all right-handed pitchers because that's where he does better against. Uh, but, yeah, with Morton and Wright, they both had great starts in their last start. Kyle Wright looked amazing. Anderson and Enoa struggled, especially Enoa. Enoa. But hoping I know it's the defending champs. It is a four-game series. So hoping for at least a split. Uh, if we win the series, that's obviously great. If we lose three out of four, that's tough. If we split, I'll be happy with that. I mean, I think split is the minimum, and then you obviously want to win every single series. So uh, Padres currently sitting at four and three. I mean, at worst, you'd like to see him six and five. Team just needs to stay afloat without Fernando Tatis Jr. We've said that, and I'm going to continue to harp it. So. Those are my thoughts, and I really hope that this offense can get settled in. Now they're going to go back home for the first time in over a month, sleep in their own beds, get reacclimated, and hopefully ball out in front of the Friar Faithful. Uh, I won't be in attendance for any of these games. Hopefully, you listeners will be able to. Uh, I certainly know that I'll be back for the next homestand against either the Marlins or the Cubs. You got any final things you want to add to this podcast, Bobby? I uh, just can't wait to see the, the boys back back at home. Two big, or of course, all big series, but against the Braves and the Dodgers in this 10-game homestand. Uh, so it should be fun, and go Padres. <coughs> Excuse me, I just choked on some Diet Coke. But, yeah, I mean, don't sleep on the Reds. Their, uh, their pitching staff can, uh, can be pretty interesting. Their lineup isn't that bad, so... Uh, we'll obviously preview that upcoming series in the next episode of Devils Talking Padres. Make sure to subscribe or follow us on your preferred podcast platform. Make sure to follow Bobby and I on Twitter. You can find me at DMster19. You can find Bobby at Bobby Murphy2000. And as always, this is an East Village Times podcast. Make sure to keep checking out our San Diego sports content at eastvillagetimes.com. You can follow us on Twitter at EVT underscore news. That way you never miss anything San Diego sports related. We thank you all for tuning into Devils Talking Padres. We'll see you after the upcoming series against the Atlanta Braves. Thank you all. Go Padres.